Hello, I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. When we left Rose Greenow, it was on the morning of August 23, 1861, during the first uncertain days of the Civil War. The beautiful Washington socialite and Confederate spy had just been arrested by military detective Alan Pinkerton and made a prisoner in her own house, which lay within sight of the White House itself. As soon as they forced Rose inside, her eight-year-old daughter, Little Rose, rushed out the back door, climbed a tree, and screamed that her mother had been arrested. Neighbors watched more detectives enter the house. They isolated Rose in the parlor and ransacked the place, turning over beds, dresser drawers, and wardrobes, even her laundry hamper. They seized everything, including her child's schoolwork. The day was hot, made muggier by a thunderstorm, and Rose asked to change her clothes. She was in her bedroom, half undressed, when a captain rapped on the door and barged in. At the sight of her, he stepped back in embarrassment. Rose seized the moment. Grabbing a revolver from her dresser drawer, she coldly aimed it at his head. Had he advanced one step, I should have killed him, she wrote later. So steady were my nerves that I could have balanced a glass of water on my finger without spilling a drop. The detective recovered and snatched the gun away before she could pull the trigger. A moment later, a female detective entered the room, reminding Rose of one of those India rubber dolls whose expression is made by squeezing it. Then it dawned on her she was about to be strip-searched. I was allowed the poor privilege of unfastening my own garments, which one by one were received by this pseudo-woman, and carefully examined until I stood in my linen, she said later. Things got even more frightening that night. The soldiers began drinking the brandy and rum with which she had entertained senators and congressmen, and bragging about the nice times they planned to have with their female prisoner. As they drank, Rose quietly made her way through the house, hiding more evidence. In the next five months, her house became the place where detectives sent female spies. Everyone called it Fort Greenhow. During that time, she played a cat-and-mouse game with Pinkerton's men. When guards became friendly, she realized they were trolling for bribes. She also saw through the ploy when they sent in a woman, a prostitute, to befriend her and deceive her into making a confession. She continued to send messages, this time by knitting small tapestries in colors that followed a secret code. The Lincoln administration didn't know what to do with Rose Greenow. They didn't want the spectacle of a trial, and they weren't about to hang a widow with children. In January, they moved her into the old Capitol prison, formerly Hill's boarding house, where she had lived before her marriage. Her food ration was cut, and the heat was minimal. The guards shot a prisoner she knew, and threatened to shoot her for standing too close to a window but she remained ever defiant, always maintaining that she had no idea why she was being held, only that she was guilty of Lay's majesty, insulting the crown. In March, she was brought before a military commission. The presiding officer pointed to a stack of intercepted messages and accused her of aiding the enemy. I am a southern woman with southern sentiments, Rose replied. I have a right to aid my cause in any manner that lies in my power. The commission then read letters of hers that amounted to declaring determined hostility to the government. I should have been the meekest, lowliest Christian in the world, Rose told him, if after being smitten on one cheek by the government, I should have turned the other. The government knew what my feelings had been and always were. I have not changed them. Rose wouldn't confess and she wouldn't budge. The commission sent her back to the old capital, but two months later, at the end of May, a lieutenant, six soldiers armed with carbines and swords, and a troop of cavalry came for her. They were sending her across the lines to Richmond. In a contest of wills, one determined woman had stood toe-to-toe with the government of the United States for ten months, and in the end, the government had blinked. (laughs) ¶¶